This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Chelsea! Oh! Rise and shine, people, including myself. I uh, am starting off hot this morning, but you know what? We're going to right the ship. We're going to tell you how you can win some big money for the big game if you want to bet on the NBA tonight. We'll go into tonight's slate in this segment, and then later, of course, we will have to talk about some Super Bowl things including the latest ticket and money splits from BetMGM on the big game drink every time you hear the big game this week you will be drunk and at 7 40 it's time to get exotic if you don't want to bet on the actual game put your pop culture knowledge to the test with dozens upon dozens of taylor swift prop bets including what color she's gonna wear coming off the plane and oh, I would make some kind of pun or like reference to her songs here. But you know what? I don't know that much about Taylor Swift. And, you know, that's something I pride myself on. But Jenks, I did notice at the Grammys where she took the opportunity to use a national stage and a televised event to announce her newest album. So a couple takeaways from this. Number one, she is a master at promotion. And mm-hmm. number two... I don't ever know what she's talking about. Like she released a picture, I think of the album art and then this poem, which I guess something about her albums, like about poetry. And I was like, what is she talking about? Are these all references that I should know? Did you read said poem? No, I heard about this and I immediately thought you've got to be kidding me. Like they still play midnights on heavy rotation all the time and so of course she uses the grammys and i like taylor i think she is not above any sort of criticism but of course you're going to announce this at music's biggest venue on stage when your other album is still being played constantly like it's just never going to end so i am not looking forward to this the number of people i saw on instagram oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god i thought i you know, I just it's depressing to me. I want to hear something else. And it's just going to be on. I put on today's top hits on Pandora or Spotify. And the first song is like Lavender Haze. That song has been out 
forever. And before you think that this is specific to Taylor Swift, like if I heard Harry Styles one more time, as it was, like that song was played again and again and again and again. I was like, okay, 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 I get it. I want to hear new music. So this is not specific to her, but man, I want to hear newer music and not just the same artist again and again and again. If you're a Swifty, it's perfect. But if you're a non-Swifty, you want to broaden your horizons a little bit. Yeah, I haven't heard the last album, so I'm a little behind. And I just the worst part of the Taylor Swift bonanza that we have been all swimming huh. in is that it feels like an inside joke that I am not a part of. Because here's the thing. People make these puns, these references, and they mention these Easter eggs that I am so lost. You know, people just la like, you know, haphazardly say these things about mm -hmm. Taylor Swift. Like, what was it the other day that Bill said something about like, Oh, do you see all the like references to 13 in the Super Bowl? I'm like, cool. Is that your favorite number? <laughs> He's like, no, but it's Taylor Swift's. Why do I need to know her favorite number? You don't. You don't. You don't have to know this. It's okay. It's good for you. I'm happy for you. I can't escape it. I cannot escape it. I live with a Swifty. I know Swifties. Wherever I go, it's it just never ends. I am I'm going to. Because last time her album came out, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to listen. And I thought it was a good album. It is a very good album. But the problem is, is that Swifties won't give you a break from it. They just want to play it on repeat ad nauseum for two straight years. And I don't want to listen to any artist that much. So I am going to, instead of listening and knowing some of the songs, I'm like, I'm not going to listen. Anytime I hear a new song, I'm just going to skip, skip, skip. Because I know no matter what, no matter what, it's going to surround me. And these Swifties are going to say, you have to be in this bubble. You have to be in this bubble. And I don't want to be in the bubble. I want to go elsewhere. Elsewhere. I don't even have a knock on the music. It's the assumption that we should not know everything there is to know about Taylor Swift. And listen, she went to high school in my hometown. She went to Hendersonville High School. I felt like I had a good base knowledge of Taylor Swift until <laughs> this week. And people are saying all these things that I guess I'm supposed to know. So that's where I draw the line. Like even my like favorite athletes. I don't know that much about them. Like, do you know, because I was going to say, do you know their favorite number? But it's hard when they actually have jerseys. But like, yeah. do you know like their favorite colors and stuff? Like, I don't. No, no. I don't care. I, I know a ton about artists that I love, but I'm not obsessed with any artist. And I think that's where there's a real obsession there. There's an absolute obsession with people who love Taylor Swift are obsessed with her. They can't stand any sort of anything that might be considered a slight. They believe she's some sort of, of modern day poet, like everything. She here's the thing is that she speaks to people and speaks to women in particular in a way that I don't think few artists ever have. And that's a wonderful mm -hmm. thing. But if you get so caught up in that, then you sort of lose touch with the fact that this is just a human being. This is not someone who is completely above criticism and not any criticism of her means that you dislike her or that you have a problem with her or that you have problems with women or anything like that. Sometimes just saturation is too much for anyone. But when you're caught up in something, it's hard to see the broader context, if that makes sense. It feels very juvenile, doesn't it? Like when you're younger and you're a child, yes. you put posters on your wall of like your favorite right. actors and singers. As an adult, that's kind of weird, right? Like, I guess you can have a yes. few, like, concert posters, but doesn't it feel, like, teenage girlish? 
I did have, oh my God, it was Catherine's, I, I said this all day, but it was so funny. It was Catherine's niece. And so she came over when I was in South Carolina, I was watching the Big 12 championship game and I don't really know her. She's like 18, right? So it's me and some 18 year old girl. We're just waiting for everyone to arrive. And she was very sweet. We were talking a little bit and we were talking about Taylor Swift. And because I brought it up, I was like, are you a Swift dude just like Catherine? And she's like, I mean, I used to like her, but also I'm not 12 anymore. And I was like, <laughs> an 18 year old girl said this to me, which I thought was very funny. So there, I appreciate her. I think she's brilliant at what she does, but I do not appreciate the obsession. I think it can become very unhealthy, like with anything that you're obsessed with. Right. And we will get to the NBA. One question before we move on. What was your favorite poster on your wall as a child? I had a full-length Michael Jordan poster where he was dunking over Scott Skiles. That's who it was. He had his tongue out. He was just completely vertical and just had, you know, it was awesome. It was a full-length poster. It was one of those old-school posters that was like the length of your wall. I mean, mm -hmm. MJ was the goat, the god growing up. We'd never seen anything like him, so that was my favorite. And then finally, when I got older, I was like, you have to take this poster down, Michael. You are, you're an adult now. You have to take it away. But I loved it. What about you? Oh, no. Oh, I had all kinds of posters because I subscribed to like every magazine there was. And they would give you like these fold out posters from Sports Illustrated for Kids. So I had Tracy McGrady. I had Michael Phelps. I had Eric Gagne, if you remember him, his short lived career as a white, like a really good closer for the Dodgers. I had Paul Walker. And randomly, I had a movie poster from A Walk to Remember. Like it took up <laughs> half my wall. Whoa. That movie was not good. And I was like, whoa, I got the actual movie poster. Cause I like stole it from the movie theater. Cause they had like the stack of them. And they're like, yeah, I guess, I guess I didn't steal it. They're like, yeah, you could have one. I was like, look at this awesome poster. A walk to remember. <laughs> a walk, to, well done, Chelsea. A huge walk to remember poster that, you know what? You could have given me 150. You could have given me a thousand and fifty guesses. I would have never, ne 10,000 and never come up with that. Well done. Yeah. This feel good story about this girl that I think is dying. <laughs> like I'm trying to remember the plot. It was a sad movie, but that was on my wall. Every time somebody came in, I was like, look at my cool poster. All right. So who's going to be put on a poster tonight? in the NBA. Maybe it won't be that dramatic, but we will get into tonight's matchups as we start in Indiana. Pacers hosting the Rockets. We've got Indiana like seven and a half, total of 239 and a half. So Jenks, when you look at this one, obviously you start with the injury report. Tyrese Halliburton has been in and out. He's questionable in this game uh, due to possible rests. Uh, so that makes it a little tougher for us. But Jenks, is this enough for you to want to make a play in this game? You passing, you playing, or are you just thinking about it? Uh, I'm thinking about it. I, I mean, what do you do with, with Halliburton and him being questionable or whether or not he's going to go or not? I, I, I think I would lay it with the pick. It's a big number, though. Seven and a half when your superstar may or may not play is a large number. But I will say this. In recent history the Rockets have not played well against Indiana. They just don't match up well for whatever reason. Houston is 0-8 in their last eight games against the Pacers. They're 2-6 and 6 against the number in those eight games. And the Rockets just, 
away from home aren't very good anyway. Five and 10 against the spread in their last 15. I would lean Pacers, but the Halliburton news makes me think that I would find another game on the board. Yeah, I think if we are talking about the overall team of the Pacers, I do feel like this is a team that matches up well against teams that aren't offensively talented. And I'm not saying the Rockets don't have any scorers. I am just saying that they're usually pretty good at beating these types of teams. Because if you look at the recent stretch for the Pacers, you say, okay, this is a team that's lost three of their last four. But that was to Mm -hmm. the Celtics, a five-point loss. The Knicks, a four-point loss, which maybe that's breaking the mold there because the Knicks are a defensive-minded team, but still a very good team. And to the Kings, 133 to 122. So sometimes they meet their match when they meet other teams that can run with them at that high pace and also score with them and score a, a bunch of buckets. So it feels like the Rockets aren't really that team. If you look at them, they're only averaging 111 points on the road, like you mentioned, away from home, this is not a Rockets team that I would really want to back. So seven and a half is a pretty big number in the NBA, but I would lean towards the Pacers in that one. Next up, let's go to Miami, where we've got an in-state matchup between the Magic and the Heat. Miami laying three and a half total, whew, 211 and a half. And that was my first <laughs> instinct. I was like, boy, both of these teams, uh, mm-hmm. we will be lucky if both of them get to 100. But 211 and a half, it's really low. Jenks, were you considering an under here, or do you think a side is the way to go? I actually like the magic here. Like every trend that you look at is begging you to take Orlando, number one team in the NBA against the spread on the road, five and zero against the spread in their last five games. And the one thing with the Heat is, which I feel like this has been going on for two years now, like who's going to play for the Heat? What do we see over the weekend? Tyler Hero was scheduled to start and then right before tip off they're like nope we're scratching him so when i don't know who's going to play for someone and on the other side i've got a team that has been fantastic at covering the number in this spot i will follow the trends here take the magic plus the three and a half i don't know if you want to say uh, the line has to keep oh did it move yeah, the line movement has been in the Magic's favor, or you, you get what I'm saying. It opened at four, yeah. went down to three and a half, so clearly some money coming in or in Orlando. Uh, I will say the Magic, or excuse me, the Heat have shown some signs of life lately, but let's go back to looking at the under, because the Heat have been red hot to the under uh, as of late, hitting the under in 11 of their last 13. We know Orlando prides itself on really good defense. So, Jenks, here's a question. If you like an under, but the number is something that makes you nervous, do you still play it? This one opened at 213, now down to 211 and a half. But still, we could definitely, I would not be shocked if we see a game that's like, you know, 103 to 99. Yeah. I know the number is the number, but it's the, honestly, what affects me more than whatever the total might be set at, if you like an over, under, whatever it is, it's how much the number has moved. So for Mm -hmm. me, I'm more concerned with it dropping two points than I am with it opening low because you would figure you're going to get a low number anyway. I I would still follow it in that direction because, man, these these two teams you were talking about, it screams under, right? So Mm -hmm. it's only two points. Sometimes that makes a big difference. But that is what concerns me a lot more than, okay, what is the number set at? Sometimes I'm more concerned with that. But more than anything, I worry about, hey, has this number moved too much in the direction that I want to go? Yeah, but you do want that confidence in knowing that the rest of the market is making the same move that you are. So I know you're not getting like the best price on it, but still you are at least looking 
in the right direction. I think we are running out of time. Were there any of these other games you want to throw a pick out or are we moving on to the Super Bowl? I I will throw it over 240 and a hook between the Thunder and the Jazz. Jazz 15 and 9 to the over in Salt Lake. Thunder 13-11 to the over. I'm looking for a shootout between SGA and Lori Marketing. Ooh, and that is a great matchup for SGA. The Jazz give up the most points and assists, I believe, to opposing point guards. So a great matchup for SGA to really pad the numbers. I believe his points props like 32 and a half, though. All right, back from the break, talking the Super Bowl. Exotics coming your way next. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Off and rolling. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Don't know if you heard, but it is a big time of year for us here at the Daily Tip. And I don't know how many times you've caught yourself saying that, Jenks, but I feel like somebody who is like an accountant and I'm talking about taxis and I'm like, yeah, it's the biggest time of the year Uh. to anybody who will listen to me. Because I've said this multiple times this week. Like yesterday I went to the doctor because I was like, all right, I've been sick. We need to knock this out. And, you know, maybe it wasn't the doctor. It was those walk-in clinics that are in like a broom closet at the grocery store. Like the walk-in clinics. They're like, yeah, (laughs) she studied to be a doctor. She didn't quite make it, but she'll give you something. (laughs) And she was like, you don't think this will clear up on its own? I said, well, I've given it a week. And that's a week too long when I work in sports betting. And this is the week of the Super Bowl. Like, I need this gone now. Give me something. Have you said that to people this week? Oh, it's our biggest time of the year. It's our biggest time of the year. Uh, Well, I I honestly, I had this conversation with Catherine yesterday where I haven't been feeling great. Like, I don't have this, like, cough that you have like i don't know how you're doing it but i haven't been feeling great and i was like i don't know i feel like i could use a day just kind of like get right because i'm struggling and because you know our job on this show is to of course you want to be peppy peppy saying peppy but you want to be i want to be peppy i want to be you know i want to be the cat's meow up early and really getting everybody going for their day you know that's our job so there are times when you're frustrated you don't feel well and you're like well my job is not to go on and be like, all right, welcome to the Daily Tip from BetQL. Oh my God, I'm so tired. You know, you that's not the job. So, mm-hmm. but then I, but then I said to her, I go, but it's Super Bowl week. Like, I don't need to miss any. I could use a day, but also it's Super Bowl week. So this is an important week. So I feel like if there's one time I don't need to miss any time, it's this week because it is a massive week. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I have been sniffling and low energy. All week long because I am sick. But you know what's the great thing about that? I'm pretty low energy in general. So maybe people don't (laughs) notice the difference. Like, I don't think you're going to catch anybody calling me peppy. Or somebody who's like, yeah, she's got the personality of a cheerleader. Have you met me? So maybe because the bar is so low for me, the people don't notice as much. 
I don't think that's true. I think, honestly, I think you're much more enthusiastic than you give yourself credit for. But also, you know how it is when you feel bad, like it affects your perception, right? Because you don't feel well, you don't feel 100%. And so you're like, oh, I sound so terrible. I don't sound like I normally do. And you do. It's just that in your head or how your body feels is preventing you from acknowledging that because you feel terrible. So I get that. Yeah, I definitely have brain fog when I'm sick. I said like a verb tense of something last week that I like couldn't get over. Like it was incorrect <laughs> English. And I was like, oh my God, Chelsea, you sound like a hillbilly. But I'm feeling a little bit better now. At least I'm feeling 100% when it comes to like my brain working. I'm still coughing, but I'm I. We'll push, uh, push through because it is the big game on Sunday. It's the best time of year. All right. So let's talk about some of the ticket count and the money splits over at our good friends at BetMGM. If you're looking to where the public is betting, here's how things are going. Right now, if you are looking at Super Bowl MVP tickets, the highest mm -hmm. ticket count is on none other than Taylor Swift's boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, sitting at 15% of the ticket count for the Super Bowl MVP, which it seems to be the year of Travis Kelsey, uh, at least in the last few weeks. And I would totally understand if Travis Kelsey was the Super Bowl MVP. Christian McCaffrey is next on the list, getting 13.7% of uh, the tickets, followed by Patrick Mahomes at 10%. So, Jenks, here's my question. If Travis Kelsey has a big game, do you think the mm -hmm. voters will take this away from Patrick Mahomes? Because obviously, he's the guy throwing to him. I don't think so. I don't think so. Hey, Look, Mahomes is a wizard, and not only was Kelsey incredible in that last game against the Ravens, but the way that Mahomes was able to get him the ball in circumstances where it looked like the play was over, there was that one play, and I know you know the one where I'm talking about, where Mahomes is scrambling for his life, and then just as he's about to be taken down, he flicks the ball in Kelsey's direction, and then Kelsey dives, pulls it in, first down that was an amazing play and I think that just goes to show the sort of connection if you if you had to pick one play to say this is how these guys are so brilliant when they work together but for the Chiefs to win Patrick Mahomes obviously will be throwing to Travis Kelsey but Patrick Mahomes is gonna have to make other plays as well be it throwing to other receivers or also with his feet as well so I I understand why Travis Kelsey is a popular bet and plus, there's a lot of value on him to win mm -hmm. MVP. But I really can't imagine a scenario where a tight end wins most valuable player. I suppose it's it's possible if there's anyone that can do it, it's Travis Kelsey. But ultimately, this is a quarterback's award, and it'll go to Mahomes. I think you kind of touch on it, but I do think this is somewhat price-dependent. Because you've got to remember, people betting on something are looking at the price. Patrick Mahomes to win MVP is plus 135. Travis Kelsey to win MVP is 13 to 1. So I think it's some people seeing that big plus money on the card and saying, okay, there is a pathway for Travis Kelsey to win this. I would rather risk my money on 13 to 1 than something that's close to even money. At that point, you might as well bet on the Chiefs just to win the game outright. Was it even money for the Chiefs to win? Uh, so yeah. let's look at some of these other players just quickly. I know I mentioned ticket count. I feel like we haven't talked about Isaiah Pacheco at all. And I am feeling like this could be a game 
where we see mm-hmm. more of the running backs, and we've mentioned Christian McCaffrey, feels like he's yeah. matchup proof. He's going to get the opportunities. He's going to get the looks. But the biggest sabotage factor for him, I feel like, is if the Chiefs win. You know, because obviously right. Christian McCaffrey's not going to win if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. What about Isaiah Pacheco? He's had some massive games, and he is somebody when you watch him run, it looks like he's been shot out of a cannon. Do you think mm-hmm. there is a pathway? Say if Isaiah Pacheco has a big game and has multiple touchdowns here, which, you know, could happen. You know, they're, you know, third and goal from like the three mm-hmm. running in with Pacheco at 28 to one. Is this something that should be on your radar? Yes. I think the one thing you can do is you can run on the Niners, or at least you mm-hmm. have been able to more recently. So I think there's a strong possibility. Well, maybe not a strong possibility, but I think it's a plausible idea, especially if you're talking about that sort of value, that the Niners do everything they can to slow down Patrick Mahomes in that passing attack. Why wouldn't you try to do that? And then Isaiah Pacheco is the guy that comes through, and maybe the Niners just can't stop him or have a hard enough time stopping him where they get in the red zone and the Chiefs are feeding Pacheco, and all of a sudden he scores a couple touchdowns he rushes for over 100 yards. And then, look, I will say this. These are two very, very good defenses. And so mm-hmm. we assume there are going to be a lot of points in this game. And, and there might be. Certainly when you talk about all of the offensive weapons on the field, I wouldn't be stunned if we see a lot of points. At the same time, these are two top five defenses. So if we get into a, a lower scoring slugfest, which we don't anticipate, and it's about just getting into the end zone and grinding out yards, that would really favor Isaiah Pacheco if it's one of those games where the air attacks for both sides are sort of minimized a little bit, and it's a grinded-out game, and Pacheco's the guy. For that sort of value that you're getting, I think you have to at least put a sprinkle on it. Yeah, and I do think touchdowns matter. Um, You know, if he has multiple touchdowns, that is kind of the sexy statistic that I think that the the voters are looking for. Even though I'm looking, I don't think there's been a running back win it quite some time. Like, I'm looking, I'm looking. When is the last running back to win Super Bowl MVP? Terrell Davis? Am I seeing this correctly? Like, somebody please correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm not seeing any running backs here. And, you know, it used to be where running backs were more prevalent than they are now. So now it feels like running backs are being pushed out even more. So, like, maybe this is the sabotage factor. Whew. Terrell Davis? That's a throwback. Yeah. It's a a quarterback's award. I mean, it really is. Yeah. The fact Mm -hmm. that Cooper Cup won is remarkable. But we just hardly ever – it's a quarterback's league. It's a quarterback's award. And, again – it, it sounds like such a basic thing to say, but if Kelsey has a monster game, then that's just that's just more statistical. It's a statistical boon for Patrick Mahomes. So if Kelsey scores three touchdowns, guess what? Patrick Mahomes has three touchdowns, unless they use Kelsey on an end around or some sort of trick play or something like that. And then, of course, there are the other receivers or other things that Patrick Mahomes could end up doing during the course of the game. So I, I, I like the value, but ultimately there's a reason why Mahomes is your favorite because it's just, you know how it is. It's, it's a star studded award and the quarterback is always the star in the field. So I would be stunned to see a tight end actually win this award possible, but I don't think it's probable. I think part of the reason why Cooper cup won, and maybe I'm off base with this was kind of a cumulative effect because he won the triple crown of receiving that year. He had a Mm -hmm. massive year, but he still didn't win MVP because he's a receiver. 
So I feel like the voters, whether they admit it or not, that's in the back of their mind. And I think that kind of goes in the favor of Christian McCaffrey. Wouldn't you say that he's having an amazing season and he's kind of held back by the fact that, you know, it's a quarterback's award. So maybe that, you know, you put those points in the bucket for Christian McCaffrey. But again, the Niners have to win the Super Bowl and we're not super sure on that. So we shall see. Let's look at some (laughs) of these other numbers from uh, BetMGM. Their biggest liability is Travis Kelsey. So the books will be squarely roading against Travis Kelsey to win MVP, uh, which is not shocking. Do you think all of these bets are football-minded bettors, or do you think any of the Taylor Swift crowd has infiltrated the sports books? Because I have heard people talk about this. Mm-hmm. I don't tend to think that most Taylor Swift fans, and I could be stereotyping here, are not betting. Do you think this influ- think so. influences the lines at all? I don't think it does. I don't think so. I Now, maybe there's a touch less value, but ultimately, I don't want to stereotype here, and I'm not. God, how do I say this in the right way? Just say it. It's fine. Well, I what I'm saying is I am not. There are plenty of women out there who know sports and know sports betting. There are also a lot of women out there who have admittedly are just learning. They have no idea what's going on with football, right? They're following the sport just because of Taylor dating Travis. So the jump from, okay, this has been going on for what? A handful of months. I'm going to, I don't know anything about football or I know very little about the sport. And I'm going to go from learning about the game to also learning about sports betting and also placing bets within a span of like three or four months. That seems like a wild jump to me. Yeah, because the women who are watching and betting on sports, they're going to be making educated bets. Like, they're not betting on Travis Kelsey just because he's dating somebody. So, like, people like me, like, I, if I was betting on him, it wouldn't be for the Taylor Swift factor. But, Jenks, I'm rolling my eyes because it's one of us. One of us are the problem. And I'm pointing at Bill Rowland. Bill just put in the chat, Travis Kelsey is 13 to 1. 13 is Taylor Swift's favorite number. Put money on that in all caps. <laughs> it's a sad day here at the Daily Tip. Bill, I, I'm guys, come on, I, man. Guys, I quit. I'm, yeah. I was merely channeling the Taylor Swift fans. That is not a quote from me. That was implying that Taylor Swift fans betting on the game would be looking at that and saying, oh, my God, look, it's 13 to 1. That's Taylor's number. That's her boyfriend. Put the money on that. I would never do that. God, how delusional. Don't Taylor Swift fans do this with everything? They think everything's an Easter egg because they were, I think it was her poem that went along with her uh, album art, and they were circling the letters, and they said, oh, it spells Travis. Like, these are common letters. It's an entire poem. Of course, it has T in it. R-A-V-I-N-S. Like, okay, it's an entire paragraph of words. What are we doing here? Sometimes it's not an Easter egg. Sometimes it's just writing. Sometimes it's just, it's there's just nothing to it. I know you want, and also, if you really want something to be there, You'll find something. If you're dying to find some sort of secret code, you'll find it. You will find a way to manipulate the information in front of you to make it fit the narrative that you have created in your head. 
Not everything has an Easter egg. Oh my God. I cannot believe that there is a new album coming out. And now I have to deal with this. Now I'm talking about Super Bowl pops with Taylor Swift. And now there's a new album coming out. Chelsea, I'm not going to make it to 2025. I'm going to tell you right now. It's going to be the end of me. Oh my God. Well, on that uplifting <laughs> note, we will be back after the break. And thanks. Buckle oh up, my brother. God. Guess what we're oh. talking about next? Exotic props and the dozens of ways you can bet on Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. We'll see if Jenks makes it after the break. If he doesn't, maybe it's just me talking with Bill, and Bill can point me in the right direction. Uh, Betting on Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. That's next on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. BetQL and BetMGM are bringing the big game in Las Vegas to you. All week, you better you bet, and BetMGM Tonight will be broadcasting live at Mandalay Bay. Listen anywhere you go with the Odyssey app. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to the Daily Tip on Super Bowl week. That's right. The big game, mere days away. And of course, we're going to be talking about it in every way, shape, form, or fashion. And listen, if you don't like a side, if you don't like a total, you can always bet props. And BetMGM is actually doing a fun promotion to where you can test your prop knowledge and possibly win yourself 58 thousand dollars that's right bet mgm giving you a chance to win uh 58 grand for super bowl 58 i would assume if you can predict the most big game prop bet questions correctly out of all eligible users here's how you do it you look at the promotions tab over at bet mgm and account holders who create an entry in our bet mgm big game prop bet challenge have an opportunity to win up to fifty eight thousand dollars if they can predict the most big game prop bet questions correctly out of anybody. So, Jenks, you normally are more of a side or a total guy. Are you going to be betting on some Super Bowl props? Mm-hmm. I'll bet on a handful. I do like the Kelsey prop we talked about. I like the McCaffrey prop we talked about. I'll definitely bet on the coin flip. I will probably bet on the national anthem for funsies. We'll see what Reba has in store for us, even though it's juice to the under. I will not bet on any Taylor Swift props, but uh, I'm going to have some fun. I'm definitely going to have some fun, and I'm actually going to stay up and watch the entire game, which normally I don't do because I'm old, and I need my my beauty sleep, and I don't have the... I don't have the old spark, the old spring in my step that I used to have, Chelsea. So I'm going to stay up and watch the entire Super Bowl, and I'm going to have some fun while I'm doing it. And, yeah, I'll have a lot of prop bets, which, I, like you were talking about, I normally don't do. But this is more of, as opposed to making bets on the show and having fun with it, like, I'll have fun with this. The bets on the show I'm more serious about, I'll bet more on. Mm-hmm. But with the Super Bowl, yeah, I'll throw, throw down a few bucks just to have some fun. Yeah, I'm definitely doing a lot of like personal me private for fun bets that maybe aren't going to make the show, but I want to have a lot of action on the Super Bowl. Duh. I just had a thought. It feels like the drink of the Super Bowl has to be an espresso martini, right? Espresso. For those of us who can't stay up late, this feels like the perfect thing. So can we make a pact? If we come in hungover on the Monday Ah. after the Super Bowl 
neither okay. of us can say anything. Like it's kind of one of those don't ask, don't tell moments. That's fair. I'm all about that. I'm going to need at least, I got to have a couple drinks. It's a Super Bowl. I'll definitely have an espresso martini because I'll need the boost to stay up since I'm used to going to bed so early. So yeah, don't ask, don't tell. We come in a little hungover. It's, oh, I didn't sleep too well last night. I stayed up late from the Super Bowl. And then we just plow through the show. It's a great idea. Yeah, the official statement of the Daily Tip. Don't ah. ask, don't tell. Maybe we're hungover. That's just us. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing about like the crafty drinks. Do you think you could make a good espresso martini at home? Oh, yeah. I Well, a good one, I can definitely make one. I've made one before. And it was okay. It wasn't great. I'm not great at making drinks. I wish I were. Thankfully, Catherine's awesome at it. She used to be a bartender many, many moons ago, so she can fire up a drink pretty quick. But we'll make espresso martinis here. Or what we'll do is not necessarily espresso, but we'll take coffee. We'll make some strong coffee. Mm -hmm. And then we'll find a way to mix that in with maybe, I don't know, touch of Kahlua or something and then some vodka mm -hmm. and then go for it. So it's pretty good. I wouldn't say it's the best I've ever had, but in a pinch, if you're like, you know what? I need to stay up, but I want a drink. Let's just shake this bad boy up and make one. It's actually a pretty simple drink to make, honestly. And I don't like my espresso martinis super sweet. That's the one thing that people do all the time. They make them so sweet. I don't want a sweet, sweet martini. You know, give me a little coffee taste in there. But yeah, you can make those at home. Oh, I want a sweet martini. I want it to taste like chocolate. Or, you know, a coffee drink from Starbucks that has like 600 calories. Those ones <laughs> are the best. But, you know, when you're making this drink, you know what you can put on the record player that I know you have? Shake it up. Shake it up. Shake, oh, shake. God. Oh, wait. It's it's shake it off, isn't it? It's shake it I off. I butchered yes. that. <laughs> oh, man. That was the one so Taylor close. Swift reference that I thought I was going to get. And I didn't get it. You were so close. You were just a word away. Word away. So close. Well, that shows be happy. My be happy that you don't know it. Honestly, be thankful. That shows my Taylor Swift lack of knowledge. But listen, there are a dozen ways that you can bet on the Super Bowl. Actually, way more. Dozens of ways that you can actually bet on Taylor Swift at the game. And some of them aren't like, you know, cumulative knowledge of her catalog when it comes to her songs. Some of this is just betting on what she's wearing coming off the plane. Will she wear Travis Kelsey's jersey during the game? And what she will wear on the bottom half, which sounds very weird. I don't know why you would bet on these things, uh, but some people do. So we're going to run down the list. Uh, so the first one up is what she's going to wear coming off the plane. And this is the primary color of her top black is your favorite at two to one then we've got red plus 250 silver gray blue yellow orange and purple like why is she gonna wear those other colors so jenks is it square of me to say okay she's probably gonna be wearing black red or i don't see white on here like isn't she gonna wear chief's colors she has to right i mean purple don't bet purple 12 to 1. Give me a break. She's not going to wear purple to the skin. It makes no sense whatsoever. You know what? I would love to see her wear some sort of specialty, home, not homemade, but like for the occasion, someone makes her a special yellow Chiefs jersey. It's got all sorts of sparkles on it or something. I don't know. That's not going to happen. It's going to be red, right? I think it's going to be red. 
loving you was red, right? Nailed yeah, it. Yeah, it's going to be red. Yeah, I think she's going to go that a, red. Isn't that a That'd phrase? Loving you was red? Yeah, yeah it's one like of her songs. That. Yeah, it's one of her songs. That wasn't the reaction that I was hoping for. I thought you were going to be really excited for me. I got that right. Congrats. <laughs> you got it. You nailed it, Chelsea. Way to go. Loving you is red. And shake it Man. up. <laughs> her, I was her cooking two there. Tit songs. I thought you I were. really cooked with that one. And I was like, oh, it was like watching Steph Curry from behind the art. Oh, I got another one. Woo. Another Hot. one. Yeah, and what Jane. we've seen from That's Taylor Swift at uh, Chiefs game so far is that she's very much a supportive girlfriend and she's been wearing Chiefs colors because it would be one thing if she is like some other wags or girlfriends, wives, whatever, that kind of wear what mm -hmm. they want. And I get it. You can wear whatever you want to the game. But she has been wearing Chiefs apparel, so I don't know why she would stop now. And here's what she's been doing, which is the crazy part. The One of the wives of the 49ers players has been making her outfits. Did you see this? Kristen Juszczyk, Juszczyk I should say. Juszczyk. She is a fashion designer, mm -hmm. and she designs okay. all these like really cool outfits for the wives and girlfriends. And she designs, uh, designed Taylor Swift's last look. So... Do you think there's any gamesmanship here where Kristen Juszczyk is mm. like, oh, I got to make her something and it's going to be like a Trojan mm -hmm. horse. Maybe it has like some kind of <laughs> apparatus that just like stabs her in the side in the middle of the game. I wonder yeah. if she's going to make her outfit. There's something on the inside of that sweatshirt specially made for the Super Bowl that gives Taylor a rash and she's not able to make it through. And then all of a sudden the juju goes down the drain and the Niners win. Oh, I did not know that. Oh, that's interesting. There might be some gamesmanship there. Hey, this is not just a regular season game where we're all friends here and we'll see you again later. This is the biggest game on the planet. This is the Super Bowl. So anything goes. That's what I say. Anything goes. Yeah, I wonder if some of the players are like scheming with her. You know who she needs to ask? The best gamesmanship person of all time, Bill Belichick. Wasn't he famous for like <laughs> notoriously pulling the fire alarms and doing all of these things, which, you know, are folklore, but it sounds like something old Bill Belichick would do. Maybe he will deflate her puffer jacket. Did you just say folklore on purpose? Yeah. I mean, do you know that reference? Are you making a Taylor Swift reference or did you just throw that out? Randomly? Oh, that's the name. This is the problem. I'm now serious. everything's a Taylor Swift reference. Like, oh, it's a real, I mean, blue? It's one of her Did albums. you know she wore that one day? Yeah, it's a color that a lot of people wear. Folklore. I'm just What's asking, the reference? Thought, Wait a second. That's one of her albums. Oh, my God. I swear to God. <sighs> I was like, are you messing with my mind right now? Are you throwing this out on purpose? Because you're like, oh, that's just folklore. I'm like, Wait a second. What is going on here? Oh, my God. This show's giving me a headache, I have to say. This show's giving me a headache. Right now. You're dropping, you are actually dropping references and you don't even know that you're doing it. Or do you know that you're doing it and you're messing with me and you're manipulating me on live radio? Maybe that's what's happening. This is more thinking than I signed up for. Like, can we just lower <laughs> it to the level of like effort that we're going to have on hangover Monday after the Super Bowl? That's where I'd like to stay. Uh, but what about these exotic props? Like, Jenks, you mentioned. The national anthem, this is something you bet on every year? Yeah, absolutely. And it's juice to the under. 
but this is the, I believe this is the highest opening number for a national anthem in Super Bowl history. So it's juiced to the under minus 130. However, you've got Reba McIntyre singing the national anthem, correct? And if you know anything about mm-hmm. Reba, Reba can stretch out a note. You know Reba. I mean, my God, I remember when I was a country music. I'm amazed that Reba McIntyre is still super relevant. Good on her because she was one of the first artists that I played on a regular basis when I was a country music DJ. She was popular in the 80s. And here she is now in 2024 going to sing the national anthem. But Reba can carry a note and she'll, she's got that twang. You know how it is, Chelsea. She can, oh, I was like, oh, keep it going, Reba. Keep it going for 30 seconds. Let's just stretch this bad boy out. I always like going to the over. I know it's really high, but I, I think I might still go to the over. I think Reba finds a way. Who sang it last year? Do you remember? Was it Chris Stapleton? I think it was. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, that's a good call. Because here is the narrative with country singers that sometimes I think about. Because they're patriotic and they don't want to take any of the attention away from America, maybe they go shorter. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Did Chris Stapleton go over or under? Does anybody remember? I I think he went over. I don't remember. I think he went over, though. Oh, sharp bets here at the Daily Tip this morning. (laughs) Uh, We will talk about something that we know a little bit more about. Next hour, we'll talk college hoops after the break. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.